Hey guys, welcome to the first official episode of the Brand is Demand podcast. Now, on today's episode, I literally could not be more excited because we are going to be joined with the LinkedIn influencer himself, Daniel Murray, who is literally killing it right now on LinkedIn. I see this guy all over the place getting hundreds of likes, hundreds of comments, just all around absolutely smashing it right now. Uh, and I really wanted, you know, kind of wanted to get him on because not only is he killing it on LinkedIn, but he's actually also, while being a LinkedIn influencer, he's also the uh, manager of marketing ops right now at Service Titan. Um, and these guys are really, really killing it, not just on LinkedIn, but also on Facebook uh, with their Facebook ad strategy. Okay. So it's going to be a really, really interesting episode because we're not only going to get into the mind of a, um, you know, current LinkedIn influencer, but also, you know, how, how Daniel is really, and how Service Titan are really approaching their kind of, you know, Facebook ad strategy. And I just think it's a, it's an interesting conversation because, you know, as, as, as great as LinkedIn is and as, as amazing as a platform it is, I, I do seriously think that, the way in which B2B companies are approaching Facebook or in a lot of cases are not even approaching it um, is, is just, they're really kind of undervaluing it as a channel. And I just think it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, the more we can speak to people that are really killing it with a channel like Facebook that is traditionally seen as more as a kind of B2C channel. Um, I just think it's, it's good to get the conversation going about this to, to let, you know, other B2B marketers know that yes, Facebook really does work and it, it, it actually works really, really, really well. So like I said, you're in for a really, really interesting episode uh, and I hope you guys enjoy. Daniel, welcome to the Brand is Demand Gen podcast. How are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing super well. I'm doing super well. Now, before we kind of, you know, kind of get into, get into the main part of the podcast, just give my audience like a, a really quick 30 second rundown of, of what of what life is like being a, being a LinkedIn influencer? Um, it's kind of weird to me because I actually <laughs> came out of nowhere. Um, and I wouldn't even consider myself an influencer yet. This way, there's a lot of good <laughs> marketers out there who yeah. are um, doing some great things. I just think that I'm just trying to provide the most value as possible. So, um, yeah. But it is being crazy. I my LinkedIn inbox is always like popping off. Like I get like three hundred notifications a day. So it's crazy. it's actually a time suck. So, I can imagine. Three hundred a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. That that is absolutely crazy. That is crazy. And and just just so the audience has got context as well, what is it that, that what's your role? Because obviously you work with service Titan. What what's your role there? Um, so I run all marketing operations, which is kind of crazy because that's not really exactly what I put out on LinkedIn, but it's the, my role as marketing operations at service Titan is kind of uh -huh. not the general marketing operations where it's heavy tech, like heavy in marketing automation. I dive into that, but I have a team under me that also helps me with that. So I'm more in the strategy and figuring out like Create, what so. channels are working and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. And obviously, you know, the, the kind of direction that I wanted to take this podcast in, um, obviously with, with you being heavy on LinkedIn, I thought that that'd be a great angle, but 
I think, and I, I'm sure you've noticed this as well, over the last few years, we've, we've really started to see a bit of a, a, bit of a shift, right, in, in how people, particularly on the, the topic of demand gen, how, how companies are approaching demand gen in terms of it no longer being about, you know, driving MQLs and that whole classic, you know, traditional style of doing it. So I think a, a question that I'd like to kind of kick things off with is, is how, what, what are some kind of common misconceptions about, you know, how a, a B2B marketer kind of should be approaching, you know, demand gen? And what are, what are some things that, that you've seen, you know, from your experience that, that just simply don't work anymore that people are still doing? Yeah, it's crazy. Cause I think a couple of years back, it was demand gen was seen as lead generation, um, yeah. which now I think it's demand generation, which Agreed. demand to me is giving, producing qualified buyers for sales. Um, yeah. And the way that you have to do it these days, because so many, the, the consumer and the customer and your audience has so many choices now, mm-hmm. the way you're gonna separate yourself is, through brand and a lot of companies, especially when I even started in marketing, brand was one team, demand gen was another team. They didn't really mix mm-hmm. um, as well. They just really gave you the standards, but now mm-hmm. brand is what is going to help you create demand. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why for, do you, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Why, why do you think it's taken this long for us to get to this point, right? Well, we're only, it only feels like now, maybe in the last, the last year or so that we've, that we've kind of started to have this, 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 this conversation. I know there have been companies like Drift that have, that have been doing this, you know, since day one, but why is it, why do you think it's now that we're only having this conversation? Because I think people are realizing the buyer is changing. Um, the typical buyer has choices now. The typical buyer does its research before it goes to your site. The typical yeah. buyer um, asks questions to their friends, looks at reviews, and when your name is standing out as a brand that they know, they're going to pick you instead of your competitors. And if you look at even, in, for example, let's go into SaaS, dig deep in SaaS, how many SaaS companies there are. It started like five years ago, there was like a thousand, and now it's all the way up to like. 8,000 even MarTech, MarTech. choices. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I agree. I agree. I think it's, it's, there's, there's so much available now to, to, to the, I guess, like the, the modern, you know, 2020 buyer, right. Where I, I just think, yeah, like you said, having, having that like name that, you know, having that strong brand now is, is what's going to, you know, ultimately is going to be the standout. Now I, I think the, the age of the faceless company with the, with the ebook is, is kind of over. And I think it's mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're all definitely evolving. So I know that you, you you're kind of in in relative. You're you're still quite new to service titan. So when when you join with them guys, um, something that I wanted to talk about because I know that you had mentioned to me that you that you guys have been quite heavy on on Facebook ads, and that's something that you've worked quite a lot to to really implement. Um, first of all, why why you know for, for those listening right now that are that have maybe kind of put Facebook ads to the side before. Why should B2B marketers be thinking about Facebook and, and why is it something that, that you have, have been quite heavy on, you know, with, with service time? I think Facebook is moved into the B2B realm and started in B2C and now it's moved into the B2B realm, but it's also a cheap, scalable way to get content out there to your audience. 
it's easier to you get a lower um cost per impression cost per click and the ultimate thing is to drive someone to your website to learn more about your company so Uh um the reason why we're focusing on facebook ads it's we get a distribute our content at scale. And I honestly think right now it's one of the most scalable channels to build a brand on right now. Um, LinkedIn is super is expensive yeah. when it comes to paid ads. Have you guys tried it? Um, we have, and it's, it's still super expensive. It's mm-hmm. hard to do. Um, I think it's not something you put off. And I think every company is different and you should always experiment for your own company. For us, Facebook works. Our audience is, sitting on there we know our audience is there we know our audience is consuming our stuff on there so that's why we're we're double tripling down on facebook makes sense okay so with with your approach on 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 facebook are you because i know there's there's a lot of different kind of conversation around it not being that targeted and you know it's it's hard to get in front of the right people or the right decision makers and it's you know the quality of leads is not always as good which i think doesn't really make sense anyway um how how have you guys approached that both on first on the targeting so kind of who who are you targeting with these campaigns and then how have you approached the creative to really make it stand out so for the targeting side of it Mm -hmm. our audience is like plumbing companies hvac companies electricians and what we do is we're heavy on custom audiences. So we scrape a lot of lists from Yelp API, Google Places API, yeah. um, some partner websites and stuff like that. And what we do is we target those custom audiences because we know. So it's kind of like ABM, a little bit at scale, but we target known companies that we know. And uh-huh. um, we get a pretty decent match rate but it's easier to scale on that and then we also do heavy retargeting of people who come on our site and visit our site so those are the two approaches in targeting um creative standpoint um i think the the best way for creative on ads in general is to make them not feel like marketing so make them feel like they sit in the feed so i think what we do is a lot of like adding real people in there and adding our real customers in there and adding video clips of like people who are actually our customers and testimonials and um, different types of content for them to consume on there. So like distributing um, some of our blogs and some of our like helpful value calculators. So I think it's, it's being human and also like a lot of people just don't think about that you're right now, like good marketing doesn't feel like marketing. If you, you know, your goal in marketing and advertising is not for someone to be like, oh my goodness, that's an awesome ad. It's yeah. someone for, to actually like do something with your ad. So um, and the way people do that is it just fits into the feed. Yeah, I think it should really, like you said, it shouldn't feel like an ad. It should really be like a, I guess, just an amplification of of already a, a, a good piece of content, or, you know, a good blog mm-hmm. or a good video. I just think it's, marketers have the complete wrong approach of it still, right, with trying to, you know, drive demo bookings or trying to, you know, get another ebook download. And it's just the complete wrong approach. Uh, and I've I actually I actually checked some of your ads out and I 
you know, from Service Titan. And I, I really like the approach that you guys have taken with like the, the customer testimonials. And I think having seen a few other companies do that as well, it is one of the best approaches when you've got that really raw and real, you know, feel to it right and it just feels like another post it's it's not an ad that you're kind of pushing down people's throats yeah i mean and that's the goal i think like um i don't think it's necessarily wrong to have an offer top of funnel meaning like something mm -hmm. that is but i don't think that that should go to a cold audience a cold audience yeah. Like if you're targeting a, a new list of people that you don't know, you need to Always. help guide them, yeah. um, help under, them understand who you are, help uh -huh. understand your brand. And I don't think um, you can do that with just saying request a demo. Uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. And obviously, I, I guess a, a kind of conversation that people would, would tend to have from here is, well, how do we you know, what, what does attribution look like, right? How do we, if we're, if we're doing these more kind of brand awareness ads, right? Content ads or that kind of style, how, how do we think about attribution? Cause I know there's a million and one ways that you, that you can go about this. So how have you guys thought about that, you know, with, with, with this, with this style of, of campaign that you're running on, on Facebook? Um, for me, I look at a lot of more the touch points that the buyer, um, went went through but also you see when you start doing these plays short term it's it's harder to measure mm. but you start seeing that direct visits to your website start going up so that means people know who you are um, you start seeing branded searches on google going up um, you start seeing people knowing who you are um, yeah. but it's also like I said earlier, like the buyers change. So like nobody just rarely, I wouldn't say nobody just goes, looks at one source before making a buying decision. They usually have, when they've requested a demo on your site, they, yeah. they've known, um, what you get, what your company is, what their, their intentions are when they were, when they usually convert on like a Facebook ad for like requested demo, and people running that they don't convert high but and there's a reason for that they don't know who the heck you are so um i think that we do track facebook conversions but usually like they're down funnel conversions that they that have seen a couple ads and stuff like that um and for us actually facebook has become scalable because we are targeting people who already know about us and stuff like that. So like it doesn't, the requesting a demo is um, something that we, we actually have seen our Facebook channel 3X um, in the point of conversion because we do track through visible of like all the touch points and we see like Facebook was the most recent way that they converted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess since how, I mean, first of all, how long have you been running this kind of style of, of, of kind of campaign on, on Facebook? Have you always had this approach of like putting out just good content and then putting a paid um, you know, amplification behind that? Or have you, is that something that you've only kind of recently implemented? Um, I think I've been at companies who were just strong on like request a demo and stuff like that. And um, what I did, what you see when people are strong at that, um, what happens is like, 
the lead to sale conversion is so low. Um, so you're flooding one, you're flooding, giving a bad reputation with your sales team because you're flooding them with terrible leads. Um, two, they're not converting, um, down funnel. Um, so once you start doing value type ads, it's really branding at scale. And when, once you start branding yourself, um, you see that the demand comes. Um, and it's really funny because you shift your mindset. You go from being straight revenue focused to customer focus. Obviously, revenue is the end focus of any company. You can't survive without it. But yeah. once you customer focus, revenue comes. But if you flip it and be revenue focused first, then customer focus, yeah. it, it's harder to do. Mm-hmm. And if did you guys like have a was again with with that campaign on Facebook? I know there's there's multiple. It's not just Facebook. There's other touches. Like is because I, I know there's people listening right now that are that are maybe on the other side right now and have been running the kind of more conversion based you know ads on on these platforms and they're just not seeing results. So like is is there like a a, a kind of number of touches that you tend to see? So you know X Y Z plumber sees your ad you know, five times, is there a point where you normally know that, you know, like, h- how do you know how to qualify this person? Like, what, what, what is, are they coming to you? Are they scheduling a demo? Like, what, 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 does, usually, what, what does, what does qualified mean for you guys? So usually what happens is like someone converts and someone goes on a Facebook ad, right? They click on a piece of content, right? Yeah. That you, you're serving or whatever they go to a landing page on your website. Most landing pages out there have a huge request a demo button. So if they want to request a demo, they'll request a demo. So your site is basically your ultimate salesperson to try sell them on what you are. So um, if they don't come back the first time, they'll cut the, the multiple touches, you'll start seeing that like, if they want to request a demo, they will. If not, they won't. Um, and a lot of buyers aren't ready to buy it. So once you start teaching, educating them and providing them value, they start seeing like this product actually will help them and the end value actually is worth it. So that's where like a lot of off convergence happen to Facebook is like they come in and they read our website, they browse their multiple pieces of content and then, um, they converse because we have every website has a big request to demo or sign up for free trial or something like that. And if they want to do that, they'll do it. Um, you have it on your website. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I guess with, cause I know you mentioned that you'll do a lot of, a lot of where you're directing the budget as well is, is on the re on the more kind of retargeting campaigns with, with the retargeting, are you, are you, are you shifting the ad strategy or is it again, just adding value, adding value and just almost letting them just come to you? Or do you, do you get a little bit more, I guess, conversion based with how, with how that, re, how you're approaching that retargeting or is it just always straight? Brand I think it, all, it depends on what page that they, they've been on. Yeah. So if they, if they click request the demo, then some, sometimes I will say conversion based ads are good, but I would say conversion based ads that provide value are good. So like just asking them to come back and request a demo is not really providing value for them. But if you say like two months free um, or 
um, have a free trial of my a product and offer. see if it provides you. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like a soft offer that you provide them. Yeah. Um, they a good ad offers something, and offer pe- people misconstrue that offer has to mean that like it has to be like request a demo is not an offer to them. It's not. It's it's for you. Um, giving them something for free is an offer giving them yeah. something of value is an offer so like even content is an offer like you're offering them a piece of content yeah. for you for them to have value so that's what you got to think like is this is my ad offering them something that they would take take up because if i saw a free trial i would probably convert on it because it's free and i would get a test out the product if i saw a request a demo i'm like um feed yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah, that's what an SDR would tell me to do. Yeah. Um, so. No, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's it's always no matter what stage in the funnel you, you're you're classing that person as, you've always got to think about you know how you can constantly add value. It's not it, it should never feel particularly with advertising. The minute you get too transactional and it's just like you said, schedule a demo and it's just me, me, me. It, it's it's never never going to work. It's never going to convert in in my opinion. Um, or the numbers are going to be extremely low um mm-hmm. so i guess now now kind of switching switching lanes back to back to the linkedin influencer life how i i think what what a question that i'd like to ask is kind of because i know there's a lot of people again who are trying to figure out linkedin trying to figure out trying to crack the algorithm you know how when when did that journey start for you and i guess what what have been the results is that something you know is, is that something you're doing for service type or is that just your own personal brand Personal brand. So I started another company doing this um, and I really wanted to do it. um, If I'm being completely honest, Um, I did it to just test because as a mark, like especially in marketing ops and a marker, you're just always testing. So I wanted to say, I heard um, Gary V has been saying this for a long time that like organic reach is on LinkedIn and TikTok is crazy. And he's been saying it for a couple of years now, but so I was like, okay, let me just test this organic reach on LinkedIn. So I started posting about like nine months ago. Um, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, so I started posting like random, like marketing stuff and a bunch of different like pieces of content. And I'm like, okay, this is not working out very well. So I started like looking into like what other people are doing it well. And usually like as a marketer, like, if you follow some people who are doing it right and copy their playbook, it usually works. Um, who, are so, who, who, who are the people that you? So I, for me, in my in our in, industry, um, like Dave, Dave Gearhart is doing it amazingly, Chris and he's been doing it for years. Chris Walker is doing it amazingly, and he does yeah. it. He's been doing it for years. Um, so those are my like two favorite, and I always like call them out whenever I say like I've been seeing them provide straight value um on like and then also like Gary V's been doing it for years like, <laughs> on every platform yeah, so yeah. um so I started like figuring out like okay um for me with like if I just start giving value and value and value and and the cool part is like for me like people always ask like, what are your revenue goals on LinkedIn? What are your, and I really don't have revenue goals on LinkedIn. Really my goal is like, 
I love marketing and the way um, like I learn more is from posting. So I'm gaining knowledge from things I hear and stuff like that. I'm gaining knowledge from people commenting. I'm gaining knowledge from the connections I'm making. So for me, it's wow. a way for, for to provide value and get value in return. So like, I don't have any revenue goals right now. Some people do like when Dave started, um, he didn't have, I don't think he had revenue goals and now he's converted his whole audience into a revenue generating thing. Um, I think the key is the key to LinkedIn is give all your secrets away for free and your knowledge away for free and don't ask him. Yeah. but it's also you have to a lot of it people don't get is you have to know how to write a good linkedin post right <laughs> this is true. yeah 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 Yeah, a lot of people who or are hooking with a story <laughs> yeah a lot of people who are doing are trying on linkedin like i look at their posts and i'm like why would any would I don't want to read this. Like, why would you, are you like looking what you're writing? Like it's good. It's a good idea behind it, but it's not framed in the way that like yeah. is attractive to an audience. So that like, that's uh-huh. why I'm not, so not saying like I'm the best at doing it, but um, yeah. I've seen people the way that they structure. So I just copy their structure. Got it. So this is literally just been a case of finding people that are killing it and then kind of replicating. Your but it's also been, it's also been practice it's like i like practice writing i practice like like structuring my posts i've tested my own posts i've um i look at like what are people resonating with i read comments so i know what like next to post and what ideas to go with next um yeah i listen to people who are dming me like um but it's also you have to a lot of people don't take the time to reach out like actually comment back to their audience and mm-hmm. provide value with their audience. And I think what I do pretty well and is I, the old Gary V strategy is like, I when there's just reply to every single comment that I get. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I think one point now that I think is, is really crucial is, is the, is the structuring of the post. Cause I, I see people who are posting, you know, I, myself, I'm, again, I'm n- by no means an expert at this at all. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of people who are posting actually really good content. Like the content itself is really good. And they're right. Like you said, the ideas behind it, but it's the way that they're, you know, telling the story or just like, you know, structuring the post, it just, it doesn't hit. And I think it, there definitely is a, a bit of a structure to it in, 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 in how people approach it. And it's really funny. It's like, if you break down a LinkedIn post, yeah, like it's, it's how you would break down like any good email, any good copy. Like the first two line, the first line is to get someone to get to the second line, which gets someone to the third line. Um, and you start off like with a hook, and then you drive them down and provide value and like have like kind of like an aha moment and and you end with the call to action. Like it's not like there's, it's not a hard structure. Yeah, it's just like, and it's like what you do in marketing, like your headline, Yeah. The, mo- the key, like I don't think people spend enough time. Like I think I rewrite my first line more than any line in my whole post. Interesting. Uh, 
so I like te- like I, I think of it and also one thing that I think people also are doing wrong is like like I actually read I actually say my post out loud like I just so yeah. like yeah. yeah so like I think that I'm like I try to what I write is like pro- exactly how I talk so like I'm trying to resonate with people how I talk and I think that's a key to writing posts like a lot of these posts I read I'm like if I if I have to like actually have to think about reading them, it's it's hard to read the post. But if it's like you're talking to me, I'll read it. And Dave does that really good. Chris Walker does it really good. There's also some others like Brenda Rogers was like my first like helped me at the beginning. He's more in the HR. He's a founder of WAG. Um, he helped me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Taylor Offer is really good at it. Because he just like has like bold statements like out of nowhere, and I think that's what hooks these readers. Like he's super bold statements. Um, Because I, I mean, this is just I'm I'm always curious if some people because I I did obviously do you know do you know what pods are so like LinkedIn pods where people mm -hmm. kind of do this engagement. Have I mean have you have you posted? Because I know that there are a lot of these bigger you know LinkedIn influencers that do use them. And I think sometimes it can be a little bit deceiving because people see the big numbers and it's, you know, not always completely legit. So like what, first of all, what's your opinion on them and have you ever used them? Because I just think it, it can sometimes be a bit deceiving with the numbers, right? Um, I don't use pods um, because I think it, for me, mm-hmm. it kills the audience part of it yeah. um, because like, what I'm trying to track is straight marketers. And if I post in a, a pod, it's going to go out to people who don't really care about my thing, which is cool. Like a lot of people, and I see, trust me, I see the people who are posting in pods. Like it's, it's very noticeable. Like <laughs> it's very noticeable. Like someone has 900 likes and, <laughs> and 20 comments. Like, yeah. like, okay. 900 likes and 20 comments is not um i mean i the one thing i do do is like i do share my posts with people in my network that not on linkedin but like my close friends that i thought think would resonate with my posts so i do do that and i don't and i don't do it at scale like i Mm -hmm. don't have like 30 people i send it to so i do share with people that i think will resonate with my posts but i do every this is a hack and that's happened in every social media like tiktok people do it um facebook people that have done it like send me your posts and like instagram is a big one like there's these engagement groups and i think with the problem with engagement groups is like it's not a lot of them times it's not your audience um and it's not people who resonate with your post. I think for me, I've, and I, I, I'm so appreciative because I actually really care about like the people who start, I know the, mm-hmm. I, I know that the, like I could spot like people who have constantly liked my post and commented on my posts. Like I know who they are. I know who they come back every single one of my posts. Yeah. They're, and which is awesome. And I like respect it. And I think building an audience, it's not a hack. It's literally one by one by one by one. It's like you have to build this connection. And I think what a lot of people forget is like 
they forget about people who are following them and they always go to try to get more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I actually care deeply about like the people who have engaged in my posts and I care. And I think it's awesome because they, they DM me all the time and say like, I get a lot of value from your posts and stuff like that. And that's what, why I love doing it is because I think like, I'm just trying to create straight value and I, and I'm no means like the best marketer out there. Um, and I'm no means like, like the level at some of these marketers are, but I think I do care as much as these marketers do care about it. So I think that's what helps me when I'm doing these posts. Got it. That makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So everyone listening right now, you've, 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 you've got the, you've got the secret sauce, you've got the hacks. So yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, first of all, I'd say anyone, to anyone listening right now, um, do go and check Daniel out on LinkedIn because he, like I said, knows, knows exactly what he's doing. And like I said, adds, adds a ton of value around, you know, everything that is demand gen and just and in a broader sense as well, you know, marketing and um, yeah, you, you, you do post some, some, some really cool posts. So um, guys, look, I've really, really, really enjoyed this interview. Uh, Daniel, I hope you've enjoyed coming on for the, for the first episode. It's been a really, uh, really interesting conversation. Um, and guys, I will, I will see you in the next episode of the Brand is Demand podcast. See ya.